We're watching the payment stocks, and the question is whether or not these group of names can benefit from the rise that we've been seeing in Bitcoin. Our panel is here to explain. Chris Cooper is with us, equity analyst at CFRA Research, and Janet Alvarez, executive editor at Wisebread. Uh, Chris, what are they saying over at CFRA? We look at the payment space. Some are best positioned for different reasons. Let's start with the correlation between the payment space and Bitcoin. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, to answer your question about the payment companies and Bitcoin, uh, there isn't a really tight correlation. If you look at you know, PayPal and Square, for example, you can buy Bitcoin through these platforms now, but this is not at all their core business yet. Uh, it's treated a little more like a marketing expense for someone like Square, for example. Uh, they did sell $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin in 2020. That's up from only half a billion in 2019. So a massive increase, but they only make about 2% profit on that. So they only made you know a little under $100 million in gross profit. So that really pales in comparison to their other services. Um, however, if this does continue to increase, it could start to really uh, add to the bottom line. Mm. And Janet, what are your thoughts when you look at this group overall? We can expand it out. You can tell us about what you think about Bitcoin and the relation, but also just the group overall. So um, it's absolutely true that cryptocurrency contributes a relatively small percentage of these companies' revenue at the moment. But it's more about the expectations game. And investors are looking at the projections forward that, that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency trading will assume an ever larger share uh, of these companies' revenue. And I don't think that's unrealistic or overly idealistic. And so that is being priced in. So to the degree that that's being priced in, yes, there is a positive correlation between Bitcoin and some of these payments companies because there is the expectation that as people develop cryptocurrency wallets on these payment platforms, they'll stay, they'll grow their wallet, and the transaction and revenues will grow accordingly over time. Do you think it works the other way, Janet? If Bitcoin goes down from 60000 to 30000 do you think people who own the payment stocks might be spooked a little or not really because of your point that you both are making is that it's a relatively small portion or is it perception? So I think in the positive direction, it's perception. And the other way down, I think it, it's almost like a options play. It's almost partially insulated because people do understand that it does comprise a relatively small percentage of revenue now. They do understand that revenue is less likely to be impacted now. So when the forward projections are looking positively at, at the potential future of more revenue from Bitcoin and other crypto. But when you're looking at, you know, Bitcoin maybe taking a small dive right now, uh, people aren't as phased because it still does um, just represent a small percentage of revenue. So there's that downside protection with some upside potential. Chris, what's everybody saying at CFRA about the group overall? Um, I don't know whether or not names like MasterCard and Visa are going to get into Bitcoin, but we know what the trends are after the pandemic, and now people are getting stimulus checks. Are, do you have some buy ratings on some of these names? Yeah, certainly. Uh, overall, very positive on the payment space in general. Uh, again, the COVID pandemic just accelerated the decline of cash. Uh, people have changed their shopping habits. They've changed their payment habits. Uh, so it's really good news for Visa and MasterCard, which serve as the rails for all of these payment networks. Uh, you know, remember that PayPal and Square are kind of frenemies 
uh, with uh, MasterCard and Visa because if you choose to fund your account through uh, a MasterCard or Visa method, you know they have to pay. They still have to pay that toll to MasterCard and Visa, and so that's why we have buy ratings on both MasterCard and Visa. Uh, but we do remain at a hold with PayPal and Square just because uh, the expectations for growth and margin expansion in these companies is really, really high at this point. Mm. Do you have American Express in there too, Chris, or, or not necessarily? You're not watching that. We one. do have American Express also at a hold. Um, you know they've come out of the pandemic better in terms of credit. They take on a little credit risk. Uh, they're more of a, a bank, um, but they do operate their own network. Um, but again, they, they've been hit more because of the decline in spending on travel. And we think, you know, especially business travel, it's going to be at least two, maybe even three years before they get back to sure. pre-pandemic spending. Yeah. Janet, I know you were watching a lot of these trends as well, particularly with what consumers may or may not do. Uh, we talked about household income. In some cases, some people have more money than they did before the pandemic. Others are suffering. What are you looking for at consumer spending? So I think consumer spending is only going to be buoyed uh, in the near term by obviously the stimulus measures that are being passed through, but also sort of the natural economic recovery cycle um, that is going to lead to higher levels of employment and um, higher consumer spending. Uh, and especially as the economy reopens, you're going to see a lot of that pent up demand being released. And what we're hearing is that a lot of the travel companies in particular, a lot of the airlines and hotels, fear that they're not going to have enough supply for the deluge of demand that might be coming in, in third quarter, fourth quarter of this year. You're already seeing that happening with rideshare companies, for example. In my city in Philadelphia, uh, the demand for Ubers and Lyft is, is so far outstripping the supply available right now that you're seeing surge prices of four to five times the typical rates. And so that's, I think, going to be an increasingly common reopening story that the demand just is not going to be able to keep up with the, the supply constraints that were in place because of COVID. And ultimately, that is very bullish. Um, uh, and the consumer is, is going to be eager to, to spend their stimulus money and eager to spend money from new jobs and eager to spend some of the savings that they've accumulated through the COVID recession. Right. I mean, you make, I like that story because that's a real life story. Bring some color to the, those names, um, Uber and Lyft. So we'll watch those. Chris, final thought, especially as e-commerce has surged and people have gotten very comfortable shopping online and using their cards quickly. Yeah, again, it's it's just going to be overall positive for all of these names. Uh, we, we like the space. We like the fundamentals. It's just a question of what are you paying for? Um, and in some of these companies, you're paying for the best scenario to happen. I get the, the point you guys are making about pent-up demand, uh, but there's the flip side, too. What happens when people have to start paying back their rent and their mortgages and right. everything else? So we're a little more cautious. All right, Chris and Janet. Thank you very much. Chris Cooper of CFRA Research. Thank you. Janet Alvarez of Wisebread. Thank you both.